What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Meeting Mental Health Podcast. This is episode 21. As always, I'm your host, Tiffany, and in this week's episode, I'm going to introduce you to yet another part of my life, and it's a pretty big part. And unfortunately, especially in my younger years, uh, looking back at it now, it definitely plays a huge role in my mental health. You know, when it comes to my race or my ethnicity, people are always seemingly intrigued for some reason and perplexed in a way, as if I'm the first biracial person they've ever met. And maybe I am. But one of the more common questions I often get asked is, what are you? And I'll get into how that question used to and sometimes still does trigger me in just a bit. First, I want to share what it has been like for me growing up and living in this society that, for the most part, only sees in black and white. So here's a little background to sort of paint the scene for you. Um, I am, in fact, biracial. Yes, that means two races. I am half black and half white. And to get a little more specific, my mom is from European descent. And she was born in Italy and came here around six years old. And my dad, as far as I know, was born and raised in Philly. And then one day, the universe brought them together. And after some time, they decided to have a love child. And nine months later, boom, there I was jaundice and colicky and biracial and it was the mid 80s you know which I don't remember much about but I can almost guarantee that being in a biracial relationship and having a child was frowned upon as a matter of fact it was frowned upon by my own family Uh, legend has it that in the months during uh, my mom's pregnancy her own family members didn't speak to her You know, they sort of looked down on her because she was having a baby with a black man. So yes, you know, uh, being in an interracial relationship, although more common nowadays, was definitely looked at much differently when I was growing up. And especially in the predominantly Italian neighborhoods that we lived in. You know, um, as a kid, I didn't really notice or pick up on any hate or judgment, at least not towards myself. Um, you know, even though there I was, you know, the brown kid in the family, some of my family members still thought it was okay to like blurt out racist things in my presence, um, which is something I probably will never forget. Um, you know, I remember sitting in the backseat of the car and someone yelling at these black kids playing in the street. And I sat there in the back, um, just thinking how uncalled for it was and getting like super angry inside and thinking that they wouldn't have yelled that way if the kids were white, you know? So I just sat there and I kept my mouth shut, you know, after all, I was just a kid. But as far as negativity towards me directly, I never really felt that, um, until this one day, um, I was at the store with my mom and I was roaming around the aisles as kids do, just carefree, living my best life. I had to be about six, seven, maybe eight. I don't know. I just know I was still walking around in public with a stuffed animal cat who I swore was real draped over my shoulder. So definitely no more than like eight. 
Anyway, I was bouncing around the aisles and my mom ran into this woman and they started talking. And at one point, I stopped bouncing around and overheard the conversation. And the only part of the conversation I can vividly remember to this day was this woman asking my mom a question. And she asked it in a whisper. And she was like, does she know? You know, does she know that she's black? And in that moment, I froze. And I sort of just stood there as if I had just overheard a secret that I wasn't supposed to hear. As if there was something wrong with me. It was as if she was questioning whether or not I knew about a terminal disease I was walking around with. You know, but why would she ask that? Of course I knew I was black. You know, more importantly, why would she say it like that? And I don't really remember the rest of the conversation, and I definitely could have taken it out of context, but that's really all I needed to hear. And immediately in that moment, my innocent child's mind was changed and stripped of me forever. You know, I feel like from that moment forward, I had to defend who I was. And at times I was even ashamed or afraid to admit that I was black simply because one comment I overheard as a child, which, you know, had a completely negative message to it. I would for a really long time, you know, when people asked me about my background, I would like boldly say that I was Italian and then quietly add in black at the end. You know, it was uncomfortable for me because from then on, in my mind, I associated being black with something negative. You know, I found myself as a kid making jokes about myself as a defense mechanism so that other kids wouldn't or couldn't make fun of me first. And although I was like the only mixed kid in school for a while, it's not even like anyone was trying to make fun of me. But just in case, I had to beat them to the point. You know, I can remember one day in first or second grade, my class was down in the library and we were probably, you know, learning about the Dewey Decimal System or something. And I was sitting at the table with some of my classmates and I said, you know, I'm like a milkshake, half vanilla and half chocolate, sort of in an effort to make my friends laugh to make them like me and make myself sound more appealing. You know, I compared myself to a milkshake. And that's how my brain started working very early on. And the thought process that I would go through since I was a kid, I was in constant defense mode. You know, it was hard for me to find a place where I felt like I fit in. During my elementary school years, I lived in Philly. So there was some diversity, but not so much in the areas that I lived in. You know, I definitely didn't know anyone who looked like me. Everyone was either white or black. And with my family, being the darker one in every picture was something I felt very insecure about for a long time. And when I moved into middle school, I had to leave all my old friends behind, the ones who knew me and the ones that I was, you know, most comfortable with. And I had to start all over again, and I had to protect myself. And the school in the town that I lived in was predominantly white. And again, no one looked like me. And when you get to that age where cliques start to form and kids start judging each other more, it's definitely harder to find a place where you feel like you fit in, especially if you feel that you're different. And, you know, I was friends with a lot of different people. 
I didn't belong to any like one clique. I don't feel like I did anyway. I really tried not to make anyone feel less than. So, you know, growing up, I was pretty much cool with everyone. I never really had any issues. Um, and I always found a way to use humor as that sort of like defense mechanism. But, you know, the feeling that you're not white enough for the white kids and not black enough for the black kids, although probably some sort of like fictitious belief I made up in my head, it's hard as a kid, which is probably why I just kept myself as much as possible and didn't put myself out there as much, you know, simply as a way to protect myself. And it really all stemmed from that one very powerful comment. Um, as I moved out of high school and then into the real world, that's when I started to accept and even like who I was a little bit more. You know, people would compliment me on my skin or my hair, and it sort of helped to break me out of that mindset a little bit that, you know, everyone was automatically negatively judging me on sight. You know, but with these compliments came the most common and probably most irritating question. And I'm not sure why it bothers me so much. Maybe it's the delivery when people ask, but it's the, so what are you question? And I do realize that for many, my race can come across as pretty ambiguous, but there's got to be a better way to ask. You know, uh, people usually assume that I'm like Hispanic which is fine. Um, you know, usually it's Puerto Rican or something along those lines. And I've actually had people argue with me that I was wrong and that I didn't know my own race. This woman that I worked with, uh, she was an older woman, but she swore up and down and left and right that I was Puerto Rican and she wouldn't accept any other answer. And she was old, so I just let her have it. And then I started working at another job later on. And this guy was like, oh, so you're Spanish, right? And I was like, no, I'm black and Italian. And he was like, yeah, yeah, same thing. So I'm not really sure which part is more irritating. You know, the what are you question or the dismissing my background and trying to tell me what I am answer. You know, I don't know, but it's annoying. And uh, maybe some of you feel the same way about this. But sometimes nowadays when people ask, I really don't even answer. I just kind of let them guess. It's actually a little bit more entertaining that way to watch them try to figure it out. Um, I, I don't even think I'm that interesting. I don't know, but whatever. Um, actually, the funny thing is, quick little side story, but I did one of those DNA kits and I was so amped to see like what it came back because I don't really know my dad's side of the family like that. And all I know is like the heritage is somewhere in the islands, I think. So I was excited to get a better idea of where my ancestors came, are from. Um, so the first test comes back and it's like inconclusive. They're like, oops, we've hit a snag. And they couldn't tell. And I'm like, okay, I, I must have like botched the spitting into the tube directions. I don't know. So they sent me another one and told me to submit it again. So the second time I'm like, I got this, you know, my spit is pure and it's clean and it's to the line. There's no way I can mess this up twice. Um, and so I get an email and it says that they're working on it, and then two days later, I'm all amped again to see the results, and boom, I get hit with, oops, we hit a snag. And I'm like, two times though? So I gave up. Um, and then COVID happened, and I really didn't think that they wanted my saliva at that point. Um, so yeah, I still don't know, but maybe in the near future, I'll be able to do it again and actually find out what I am. Um, 
But for now, I just kind of joke that even Ancestry.com can't figure out what I am. Anyway, um, I want to talk about the mental health aspect of this um, for a minute. In the beginning, I mentioned, you know, being mixed or biracial sort of like playing a big role in my mental health. Um, So the question is, is it true? Does race actually affect our mental health? Um, And... Of course, I did a little reading online and I came across an article and it was dated back in uh, 2014, but I'm sure it still very much is uh, prevalent today. It stated that children of mixed race are actually at a greater risk of suffering from mental health problems and are not getting the support that they need. It said that despite mixed race children belonging to the fastest growing ethnic group, Uh, They found that they faced unrealistic expectations from teachers and other adults who did not understand their backgrounds. Uh, One of the co-authors of this stated that she was concerned at the lack of understanding over what it meant to be mixed race, a group most likely to suffer racism. Uh, She says, I was surprised at how much racism from black and white people had come their way. Um, A lot of children were seen as black when they might be seen being raised by a white single parent and had no understanding of the black culture. The default position for a child of mixed race is that they're black. The article goes on to say that the report found that those with mixed race backgrounds were more at risk of mental health issues because of their struggle to develop an identity. They said the strongest common experience was the too white to be black, and too black to be white. So the answer here is yes. Race most definitely plays a role uh, on your mental health, especially if you are two or more races. Um, And unfortunately, you know, these issues typically stem from the outside world in, you know, and the negative projection that uh, society sort of puts on people. You know, the way that we you know, quote unquote, mixed kids have been made to feel in one way or another. You know, as a young kid and up and until I heard that woman make that comment, I never thought twice about being black. I never felt like I had to defend myself or hide who I was or feel ashamed of it. You know, I never thought I was any different from all the other kids. I mean, sure, I had a year long tan, but we all come in different shades, right? So it just goes to show you how fucked up this world really is. You know, um, an innocent mind changed forever, sort of forced to constantly defend their identity and look over their shoulder. For me, trust issues evolved and walls were built higher than the sky. All over a few words from a woman I didn't even know. You know, uh, words have a long-lasting effect and they can really alter people's own perception of themselves especially in kids. So with all that being said, I like to think that I'm slowly working on, you know, accepting and loving myself and who I am more and more. And um, I still have a lot of work to do. And my struggles with identity and self-love will definitely be a journey filled of marathons. But the important thing is that I recognize and work on it. You know, and I know that there are other people out there who are biracial or multiracial and probably have some have dealt with some of uh, the same insecurities, you know, in one way or another. Um, And as I've gotten older, I sort of, you know, learned to appreciate my background more and more. 
I like that my tan doesn't fade in the winter. I like that my hair isn't poker straight. You know, I'm happy that I have a diverse background. So diverse, in fact, that even 23andMe can't figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, I've always been different, and I'll always be different. And that's what I love most about me. Uh, So to anyone listening who might be biracial and struggling, just know you're beautiful and you are enough. You know, be proud of who you are and never feel like you need to hide who you are at all. You know, embrace your race and learn in one way, shape, or form how to love yourself. Um, I think it's actually a trend right now to be mixed. So technically you have the upper hand. That's all I have for this episode. If you have any friends or family who are of mixed race and you think they might benefit from this episode, please feel free to share it with them. If you have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to reach out. As always, until we meet next time, thanks for listening and have a great day.